Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page on warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. And you can listen to our shows by going to warn-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. You can find the shows and download and listen to them. You can also send them on to your friends and we appreciate that if you do. You can also find the Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and leave a good comment on the show where you heard us. And don't miss the these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. The Briar Patch We Call America. Briar Patch. It is a day of scientific immortality versus the real truth. It is a time when immortal truth seems to be too late in coming. It is a day in America when division will meet with disaster. Also, Mystery of Iniquity and the Truth. Mystery of Iniquity. Have generations of children been in the dark concerning these truths? The answer is obvious. Do you know this answer yourself? Also, goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Goodness of the Lord, mercy, goodness, courage, and faith in the land of the living. And, you know, that's a good phrase. Goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And for the latest posts on Warren Radio, go to warn-usa.com. Christian Faith Persecution Advocacy Classic Warren Radio. The Christian Faith Persecution Advocacy Classic Warren Radio brings you this latest classic Warren Radio features, one of our premier shows. On Dana Glenn Smith, we have Sustainable Delusion Steal the Darkness. It is evident that such an event and the work to deceive will, would be impossible. Delusion that affects so many people, one would wonder, even believing it to be utter nonsense to even consider that it could happen. And sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to DanaGlennSmith.com where you can also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature Christian books and other resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Excited about the show tonight. Forever God's Word, Isaiah's prophetic book. Um, and that brings us to part 104. We are well past Assyrian troubles. Babylon has come and gone. Hezekiah is passing on as the prophet moves into some deeper subjects and more prophecy of that which is to come. 
sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, it is, and there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of things with it. I'm pegging out this thing for some reason. Hmm. I don't know why. But uh, at any rate, we really, you really went up on the voice meter. We're, we're discussing this because I'm trying to get this thing. have some problems with my, I've got an older board here. You know, um, I don't know if this is a good time to talk about it or not, but we were talking earlier <clears throat> about things I've been thinking about the last couple days. Of uh, the us being in the last of the last days. I believe we're living in the last of the last days. And instead of being dreadful, we should be excited about this. We don't like all the wickedness and the evil and the horrible things that are coming to pass. But we should be excited because we are seeing prophecy fulfilled. And we are the generation that's going to see the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's exciting. Well... You know, there's no doubt that's... Uh, anyway, that, that's what I believe. Yeah, yeah, we believed that for a long time. We believed the Lord was coming. But, uh, you know, the thing of it is, is that ties in with tonight's program anyway. We're we're waiting for the Lord to come. And uh, I'll, I talked about uh, the first couple of verses. And then we'll we'll go on this. Because this is really, really prophetic. And, and it did... Uh, speak and address uh, Judah specifically and so we're definitely uh, in it hmm. are you there yeah I am I'm trying to see why this thing is not doing the way it should be doing At any rate, we'll just go ahead and go because. Uh, okay, I'll see you on the other side. Okay. So at any rate, we're in chapter 40 of Isaiah, and of course this is prophecy, looking ahead, and the verses are directly addressing Judah, although it's in advance. Addressing Judah in the time when they were in Babylonian captivity. And it's really speaking to the people after you have gone through that and God is going to comfort the people. He's going to bring comfort to them. And, uh, you know, this is, this is unusual, you know, as far as modern day we have a lot of prophets we have a lot of things we look at but uh, God dealt in such a way with Judah and also the northern tribes and it, then when they were one tribe together before they broke up after Solomon uh, God had direct revelation through the prophets to them and you know I mean we're talking prophecy in advance well ahead of time and for us in the modern world, it's hard for us to get a grip around this. And and so we can identify clear from the first verse where it says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. And as God's people, and, and of course you say, well, wait a minute, you're not God's people. Um, you know, this is addressed to the Jews. Well, whenever you're speaking to Judy, you're speaking to the church, really. Uh, and... and Israel, Israel is not, you know, going to go anywhere. God is going to see to it that their backslidings will be taken care of. He's going to follow his word when he talks to them about judgment and they don't repent. It's like dealing with, a, you know, a spoiled brat of a child that won't listen. Well, God has a way of dealing with spoiled brats when it comes to nations that won't listen. You know, God, you know, in the last days is going to do uh, something that is very severe in what we call the blood judgment of the blood. That's what I call it. And not many people talk about it, but God laid it on my heart many, 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 many years ago. And I've been warning about the blood 
and the associate ramifications of it. And other than that, though, God works in nations and peoples to bring them to himself. And part of that is through the church. Part of that is through Christians who have repented and God's word is in their heart. They're filled with his spirit and they are born again. And they give the word. We are the ambassadors. We are the ones that herald the gospel. And that's because there is a new covenant. And it fulfilled the old covenant. And of course Israel on the other hand has not quite adapted to this new covenant. Now they're more friendly to Christians than they have been in, in decades. But the bottom line of it is, is we're entering into territory uh, of the end of days. And you can see a lot of things happening uh, where we can look and we can see the signs. But the most important thing of it is, is that as you look around, you begin to realize that, for instance, the mystery of iniquity that Paul talks about is all over this world. That for all intents and purposes, it is fulfilled. The mystery of iniquity is here. It is ringing in or bringing in the dark one eventually, which is going to be the beast of Revelation 13. So there's a lot of things that when we see the signs today, we look at these things, the time is close. And of course, there are people, according to various uh, denominations and theological teachings, some of them are waiting for the pre-tribs, mid-trib, post-trib. Some of them already have us in various parts of the tribulation. And, uh, you know, I don't teach on pre-trib, post-trib, uh, uh, mid-trib, I just teach on, I'm waiting for Jesus, and when he comes, he'll come and get me. <clears throat> and uh, I don't teach the seven-year tribulation because, uh, frankly, after we've dissected it and looked at it, even with experts, uh, you know, the 70th week of Daniel it, it is, does not guarantee that there's seven-year tribulation. You don't find a seven-year tribulation anywhere in Scripture. Now, many people do. They just put it in there. But uh, there isn't. The only place we know for sure is in Revelation 13 when the beast arrives and they tell you how long he's going to rule and reign. And that will be three and a half years or near to it. There are some difference in the amount of days and we find those days both in Daniel and in Revelation. So when we're looking at this, for instance, we get down here in verse 3. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. <laughs> John the Baptist quoted that. And he went before the Lord and pro proclaimed the coming Messiah. Now the Jews all seen the power of his message. Uh, they seen him, he came in from the wilderness. Uh, and there was people repenting. <laughs> he was baptizing people. And of course the religious uh, Pharisees and Sadducees and all the other C's they had there didn't like John the Baptist doing that. Matter of fact, eventually John the Baptist was beheaded by the guy in charge there and they served it on a platter because of his spoiled daughter. Uh, and so, well, if you read the gospel, you've, you've read that. But you see, this is the one that John the Baptist quoted. Now, you know, there is another voice that's crying in the wilderness. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness. Now, he wasn't out in, you see, he came from the wilderness. He came from the desert. They, they tell you what he ate, locusts and honey. I mean, if I was going to eat a locust, that's the only way I'd eat it is dip it in honey. I mean, give me a break. And uh, I've been well versed on how to eat locusts. Uh, but uh, I, I am not interested in eating locusts and honey and <laughs> just for the fun of it. But this guy came in out of nowhere, and he started crying in the wilderness. Now, what is the wilderness? The wilderness was where Yahshua, Jesus, was going to be preaching and teaching, which was in the Roman Empire, which was predominantly in Jerusalem and the surrounding area of Galilee where the Jews were. 
That was the wilderness. And they were to prepare the way of the Lord. That, that's actually what his job was. Go before the Lord and tell them to repent. Get them, get them ready to see that there's going to be a voice that's going to be crying aloud, telling them that, hey, you people aren't ready for the Lord yet. And he's coming. And you need to get prepared. Now, you see, David Wilkerson took up that mantle for years and years and years and years. And we, we've seen a lot of others. There, there's been a lot of others. And previous A.A. Allen and a number of others had visions about what was coming. So we've had this. And, and one of the things that we've made the mistake is that the church is not just there to get rich and fat and, you know, do their thing. You know, uh, of course, we are to occupy till he comes. And, and that's one of the requirements to occupy till he comes. But we are to proclaim the gospel. We are to be the salt of the earth through proclaiming this. So in a lot of ways, Christians carry out this same thing that John was doing because we're heralding. All the time, there's a gospel. You have to repent. The Lord's going to come someday. It's salvation, you know, your redemption is now. Don't wait. And see, there's an urgency. Well, except there are some Christians that are asleep. But if you look more and more around the world, persecution of Christians, uh, con condemnation of Christians, especially in America today, we have gotten more in the last 15 years of persecution and condemnation of Christians than we have ever had. Now, of course, if you're overseas and you see what Americans are whining about, then you're going to tell them, well, that isn't persecution at all. Wait till you get the, uh, the daylights beat out of you and get thrown in the hospital and you got this big hospital bill and you have no money to, to pay for it because nobody's going to help you pay for it uh, <laughs> because they kicked you off, off the place, uh, you know, off your job. I mean, we see this all the time. If you're in Africa, you're chased down. You're, you're hunted down by jihadists. Today, if you're in Afghanistan, you're hiding out, totally praying all the time that you're not found. And so, folks, in America, we, ha we don't even know what it's like to really suffer for our faith. Now, it's not that we want to be there and say, okay, Lord, show us how to suffer for your faith. I got news for you. In this day and age, where we're at today, you're not going to have to do anything because they will end up hating you. The nations will hate believers. Now, the only ones they won't hate will be the whore church, which will be riding the back of the beast and will condescend to what he wants. In other words, you know, this, there is the wheat and the tares. You are the wheat. They want to burn the wheat here on earth. They don't want the wheat to make it up to heaven. They want to kill them. They want to destroy them and get rid of them. Now, see, what we're talking about here, though, that uh, this prophecy, while it can apply to us, it also applies to Judah. And it would really apply to Judah because they had been in 70 years, one generation as I classify it, 70 years. Sometimes they classify it 40 years. I classify it 70 years because of three score and 10. Nevertheless, you can de declare it any way you want to. I could care less, but this is, this is why I do it. it. It was one generation, 70 years, that they were to be in there. And within that context, when that started getting close, the people had been persecuted. They had, they had totally lost all their land for 70 years. There was no temple for 70 years. There, there was no real high priest. There was no prophets, although there was prophets, because they knew of them. Daniel was a prophet, although he didn't go around telling everybody. And uh, uh, Ezekiel went into captivity. Uh, and he was a prophet. I mean, everybody got scooped up in that. Of course, some of the false prophets, I mean, uh, there were a lot of people killed in this. So at the end of that time, God is wants them to know that I'm going to make a way for you. And, and of course, if you were in 
the time of England, old England, and you had the king going through the streets, you would have what they call criers, people crying out. Just like said, the voice of him that cries in the wilderness. Well, this was on the streets of Europe, wherever the king was going through, and he would have people going ahead of him, say, make way, the king is coming, make way, and whatever they wanted him to do, bow down, shut up, get back. But they would come through and they would bow down for the king. Well, when this king comes, you're going to know it, you're going to know it because every eye shall see him and every tongue is also going to confess. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be scared to death when they see him. They won't believe it that he shows up. But he's going to be in the sky. He's going to come from the east. Now, see, that's who we're waiting for. Make no mistake. Tower made allusion to that. We've been talking about that. There's a lot of end-time prophecy being fulfilled right now. There's a lot of persecution, but there's also a lot of people getting saved, like Muslims and Hindus and, and uh, what we call the enemies of God. But we also do have the enemies of God and the enemies of Christianity and the enemies of modern uh, society and the enemies of Israel. And, uh, and I can tell you right now that, that the forces of Islam are gathering, and you don't even know it. The West don't even know it. Up in the White House, the generals we have up there, which are about, I wouldn't trust them to defend anybody, but they're up there, and they're in charge now. So they want to make a deal with the Taliban uh, to help strike ISIS-K. Well, this is some of the biggest nonsense on earth. As, as a moral and a righteous nation, you would not join with the Taliban. Why? Because uh, while I was watching the tape, they shot the living daylights out of a bunch of people right there on the street not too far from the airport. And they just didn't shoot them in the head. It started out shooting on the head, and then all of a sudden, they started opening up their, what we would call World War II submachine guns, but these are AKs, and just blew the daylights out of them. Blood, guts, and brains went everywhere. Now, this is the Taliban. These are the people that rape little girls and make them pregnant. These are the guys that take teenage girls and make them pregnant or rape them and force them to marry and become Muslims. These are the guys that, that behead and kill anybody that oppose them. These are the guys that, that are not fit to run a nation. These are people that are used to running tribes, not a nation. But you've got a bunch of them up there now. And they're not alone because we've got them in Africa that's doing it, that is uh, creating all this. So we see all these. These are all signs, folks. So if there is ever a time for someone to be crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God, it's now and today. Not just in the time of John the Baptist, not just when Christians were telling you about the gospel, but now, today, right now, this very second, throughout the airwaves, in any way that you can do it, because the Lord is coming. But before he comes, it's going to be just like when Israel or Judah, rather, was in captivity for 70 years. Only we're not going to be in captivity for 70 years. We're going to go through a certain amount of tribulation before he comes. And the final part of that will be the wrath of God, distinctly called that. And that's the part that you don't want to be here for. The other part ain't going to be fun either. But there comes a time. And Revelation tells us when those who have been beheaded for their testimony, these are the ones who kept the faith and testimony of Jesus. And they're under the altar. They're martyrs. And the number of those that are yet to come have to be slain. And when those numbers are fulfilled, he said, then it'll begin. That is the wrath. Holding people accountable for the shedding of the blood. And that's what they do in the latter part of that tribulation. And if you're a Christian today, and if you're afraid of the Muslims and afraid of all this, then you need to get faith. You need to get before the Lord. Because while we're going through Isaiah, and, and you know, we go through Isaiah, and people may think, well, why are you doing a study in depth of Isaiah? Because we find a lot of end time things regarding our faith as Christian believers. 
And a lot of what we see that happened in Israel can be typed directly to what happens today. In verse 4 that says, Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. low. The crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. I can tell you plain why that is. Because when the Lord comes, everything's going to bow. The valleys are not going to exalt, uh, you know, go down. You're not going to have the mountains that are going to rise up above him. He is Lord. He is creator of all. Every tree, every bush, every blade of grass, every bit of ground, every planet, everything will flatten out. Because he's Lord of Lord and King of Kings and it's over. And see, John did this and spoke about this. Because when the Lord begins to move, nothing is going to get in his way. Any mountain of opposition is going to be leveled. Any valley where it looks impossible to claw across will be dealt with. There's no crooked paths. There's no corners here. It's straight. Why? Because the purpose of the Lord is straight. He's not like man that takes a shortcut. He's not like man that goes around a corner somewhere. If there's a mountain, he, he goes through the mountain. It melts, he walks on top of it. God is not man that he would work like you, walk like you, or do anything like you. He is a creator. He is one that put this together to redeem us. And he's coming again. And he's telling the children of Israel in this prophecy that we're going through right now, that you have been in judgment because of your sins and idolatry. You wouldn't listen. But now your judgment is over. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. Your judgment is over. The warfare on Jerusalem is over. I am the Lord God. I am, I am done. I am done with this. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to heal your land. I'm going to heal your cities. I'm going to get rid of the enemy. I am the Lord. Now see, to the Jews getting out of there, they didn't even know how to keep the law at that point. There's people that raised in captivity that never knew freedom. They didn't know what the temple was. What kind of laws were we to keep? Now see, Daniel knew enough to read the law, to read the books. And he was reading Jeremiah, and that's how he found out stuff. He found out how long it was, and the only thing he could do was fast. Because he was in captivity. He didn't know. Now see, in Luke 3, 5 through 8, and I just want to put that in here. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be brought low, the crooked shall be made straight, the rough ways shall be made smooth. Now you know there's a lot of scripture about, and the redeemed of the Lord shall return, and they're going to be marching to Zion. You know, that's an old Christian song. We're going to be returning. We're going to go. Marching to Zion. Now see, the Jews were returning. But they had to know how to keep the law, the old covenant. So they had Ezra the priest there to teach them. Otherwise, they'd have never known. But see, God isn't one to mess around. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And in that time when the Jews were, you know, and we've talked about this before in the earlier chapters. Because when Hezekiah was there in Jerusalem and the Assyrians were destroyed and Sennacherib was killed in his own land, all the flesh saw that. When the Jews were taken out of Egypt by the hand of the Lord, a mixed multitude went with them. That mixed multitude that went with them re represents the Gentile portion within Israel. And why did they go? Because they saw the hand of the Lord on Israel while they were in captivity. 
And when the when the Lord moves, it attracts people, and it attracted all these. But they weren't redeemed. They were just a bunch of pagan Gentiles decided they wanted to go with them. And they ended up causing trouble. Now see the difference today. The pagan Gentiles can be made right through the blood of the Lamb and the New Covenant. They can walk in the ways of the Lord. They can be filled with His Spirit. There's a whole total difference. And today, the Lord is coming back. And the valleys are going to be filled. The mountains and the hills are going to be brought low. Everybody's going to see this Savior who we worship, who we believe in and we have never seen. You know, a lot of people make a lot of stuff out of color today. And I've heard people getting smart butt about it, saying, well, you know, Jesus is this color and Jesus is that color. And I tell them, and I'm telling you again, that if you want to know what the color of the Lord is, it's called glorified. Just the same color that you will be. Because when you see him, you will be like him. The Lord isn't the Lord our God is not a man that he should lie. But yet he sent his son, born of a woman, yet he was the son of God. And so I can guarantee you that the children of Israel are really pleased with the fact that the Jews are going to be returning from Babylon. <laughs> if you were there for 70 years, you'd be pretty glad that he's going to do that too. Of course, being in Babylon and having them so powerful, and Babylon was really, you know, Babylon had a lot of peop people that the nations weren't all afraid of Babylon. Babylon had big commerce. They had a lot of things going for them. They were pagans, mini-gods, and they gave no credence to the Lord God. They might put up another idol representing him, but that's it. There's not going to be anything that's going to stop the Lord from redeeming the Jews out of Babylon. That's what these verses mean. In the literal sense, though, when he comes again, when we get through this and to the final part of everything, everything is going to be regenerated, remade. And you're going to have a flat plane. And if you look at the great white throne judgment, when that goes on, That particular second death. All men. It's appointed unto them once to die and after this the judgment. Flat plain. Nothing except the throne of God and a sea. An ocean of, of souls. Fill eternity. As they stand before the Lord God and his son who will be judging them. But for those he redeems, there's not going to be a valley deep enough, a mountain high enough, a trouble, you know, an enemy. Nothing is going to stop this God from getting the Jews out of Babylon and there's nothing that's going to stop him from getting his people who he knows today under the new covenant the believers in Yahshua the believers in Christ whether they be Jew or Gentile there is not a power anywhere on the earth above the earth beneath the earth in heaven wherever you look not a power can stop him from redeeming those who love him and honor him. And make no mistake, there is going to be a time that we are going 
to have tribulation. He told us that. And trouble. We already have it. But in the trouble, he can make a way. In this COVID, he can make a way. For the Christians, yes, they may not have a vaccine that works very well, but Christ is the healer. But see, we've had a lot of churches that don't teach that stuff anymore. One of the largest churches here don't even talk about end-time things. And they have no problem with certain immoral teachings that they've ingratiated themselves to. But God is a fire. He's not going to come unto you and, and just say, well, I think you made a mistake. No, because you've been teaching it for almost your entire life, teaching others that this is right when it was a blasphemy before God. When God comes, when the Lord comes, you're either going to be right or you're going to be gone. And you have got to make sure you have a voice you're listening to that leads you in the proper way. Because that person is filled with the Spirit of the living God and looks to Him. Israel would have never got out of Egypt if God didn't have some guy that He could use. And today in this generation, God needs men and women who have his word, honor his word, have his spirit, and can stand up to the wickedness, the godlessness of this world. And we need to be able to say, thus saith the Lord. We need to be able to speak to the younger generation and tell them to come out from her, lest you are a partaker of her sins and you receive of her plagues. That's what he told to those who were his in mystery Babylon, come out of her, my people, he said. Verse 5, it says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Now there really is going to be a day when all flesh will see it. But see, in Babylon, all the flesh around about will see Babylon being defeated. The Jews, through because of Cyrus, are released. Go to Jerusalem, rebuild Jerusalem, rebuild the walls, rebuild your temple, go back. Can you believe that? After 70 years, you didn't think you were ever going to get out, and yet you hold, held on to a hope. And somehow, now you're free. And it took a lot getting back there, too. They just didn't all make it back right away. But they were. They eventually got back there. And even today, the Jews are going back to Jerusalem. They're always going to go back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem has an eternal call on it. But that's not the final Jerusalem. Jerusalem in Revelation is known as Sodom and Egypt. There is a lot of blood on the land that hasn't been taken care of. That's blood guilt. And that's what they need to deal with is the blood guilt on the land. In America, there's blood guilt on the land. In the world, there's blood guilt. And it's going to get worse. You are not going to bring in an everlasting kingdom built upon the blood and bones and flesh of innocent people. You will go to hell. There's no God anywhere that can redeem you if you're a murderer and a thief. No God is going to redeem you. But Yahweh can through his son Yahshua. But that's it. Nobody else. 
Nobody else stood up to get the Jews out of Egypt. Not one. Except for Yahweh, I am. I am that I am, he said. Tell them I am hath sent you. What do you mean I am? Well, I was the only one around. I am. There was nobody else. I was the one. Here I am. What do you mean, who am I? I am before there was nobody. There was nothing. I am. That's who redeemed Israel out of Babylon. That's who redeemed Israel out of Egypt. And that's who's going to redeem Christians and Jews and anybody who believes in the Son of God and sticks to their gun with faith. Because God is not ashamed to call them his people. God has stood up and declared it through the blood of his own son. There is not a devil in hell that can defeat you if you believe in Yeshua. They can take your life. They can cut your head. They can shoot you dead in the doornail. But as soon as they do, you're going to be more alive than you've ever been alive in your whole, whole days. And one day, you're going to get your body back. You're going to get the nation back. You're going to get the earth back. You're going to get the heavens back. And you're going to have the city of God come down from heaven. <coughs> and it's going to be on this earth. Now see, Verde... Uh, Isaiah 40, verse 5 says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Boy, you better believe that. That's what I'm telling you. All flesh shall see it together. You better believe that. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. But see, he's talking about this. When God moves to redeem Israel, he's going to redeem them. When God does anything, you will know it. In 1 Peter 4.13, this is what Peter wrote. But rejoice inasmuch as you are a partaker of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you're going to rule with him, you're also going to suffer with him. The servant is not above his master. These, these people that you have in America and around the world are going to hate you. Just like they're hating the believers over there. And that's why I tell you, you need to pray for those persecuted believers. You need to give money to the ministries that have boots on the ground to help them. We have lawyers. Personally, I don't. But Jay Seculo stands up for those who are persecuted. He's just one. Because one of these days, those persecuted might be those in America. And you will really be glad when you have someone that cares about you. See, today, in the world, nobody in this world gives a tinker's you-know-what, whether you live or die. We are cold-hearted. And in Afghanistan, it went from... You know, one group ruling to all of a sudden the Taliban there. Bunch of tribal folk. That if you had a decent army, you could go in and you could run them out. But now, they've got all the hardware of a major nation now. They don't have science. They don't even have the people to fix half that stuff. They don't even have the people to know how to run all of it. But there's a lot of jihadists... And a lot of Muslims that would give anything to get their hands on that. And this could very well be the rise of the Muslim army. And I can tell you Erdogan is just salivating at the thought of getting his hands on all that. He's got a big army as it is, but even more, he's got, he would have America. America's stuff that was left there. By an inept president by the name of Biden. And all they can do is get stubborn and ignore it. But see, you're going to have the Bidens of the world. You're going to have the Pelosi's of the world. You're going to have the King Abdullah's of the world too. 
And you're going to have the Hitlers of the world. But thank God we got the Savior of the world. In John 17, and this is one of the chapters I really like. And we're going to read a few verses because these are important. Because I want to always remind you how all of this stuff relates. God is not a limited God. He always had in mind to redeem the Gentiles. Redeem the world. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth, and I have finished the work which you gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them unto me, and they have kept thy word. That they might know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have finished the work. And now glorify me with the glory I had with you before the world was Jesus Christ Yahshua the same yesterday today and forever I am that I am the resurrection and the life the door to the sheepfold the great shepherd and he is the one with the two-edged sword on the horse with the armies of heaven coming down out of the sky He's going to come to destroy those who have destroyed the earth. He's going to recompense those for the things they have done. Whether they be good or bad. But if you were a Jew in the time of Babylon. And you got this word. You would have been excited. Now, I don't really think the Jews really got excited when this was first given as a prophecy because it was further off. And it's kind of like we have a Bible now when we see that Jesus, Yahshua, is coming. How many people really get excited? Oh, we've heard that before. Matter of fact, in the end of days, there's people that mock you when you say that. I don't believe in God. Don't worry, you will. There's not an atheist in hell. Not an agnostic in hell. But there's a lot of people in hell that wishing that they would have repented and believed. And there's a lot of jihadists who fell for the baloney that Muhammad concocted and now they're in Sheol. They haven't even gotten to the final judgment yet where death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. And there with their souls filled with worms and holes in and out of their corrupted souls they will face the eternal fires of hell always to face an agony death with those things crawling in and out of their soul where the worm dieth not and the spirit there is no rest it's in the eternal torment but for those who are redeemed through Christ God will rebuild the world rebuild all of creation rebuild all of the heavens of heavens 
do you really think you're just going to sit around on one planet? No, I don't think that for a minute. I think there's so much out there that God gives us, you're going to have to make up your mind once you get in eternity, really, which way you want to go. But the most important thing, you'll be in presence of God no matter where you go. He will call you by your name that you alone have. He will know you and you will know him. So as we discuss the end of days and we talk about Judah and Israel, it's closely connected, folks. We are the children of the book, the Jews and the Christians. We honor the book, and we are the ones that the jihadists want to kill and slaughter. But they will also slaughter their own. They'll slaughter anybody that gets in the way. But i got news for you. There are a lot of Muslims coming to the Lord, a lot of radical Hindus coming to the Lord. How do we know this? Because we get reports from the field. And there's reports of miracles and signs and wonders, Old Testament miracles, apostolic miracles. You get in America and the West, and we are so carnal, so hard-hearted, so filled with our own innate desires and selfish ideas. We miss what God is doing. But make no mistake, it doesn't come by easy. God is moving because there are men and women and even children who have given their lives for the gospel and for this God. And they're from many denominations. And that's the other problem we have. God isn't coming back to save the Baptists and the Pentecostals. They don't get along together. Dear God, you put a Pentecostal meeting in a hotel and you put a Baptist meeting in the hotel, they're going to meet in the lobby and argue. I know. I was there at that hotel when it happened. I've seen it. I've been there. I've done that. Not argue. I was watching. And they were loud. I got news for you. Christ came to save us. We are the ecclesia, the called out. He didn't say where three or more churches are gathered together in my name. He says where three or more of you believers are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. Why? Because it's Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Spirit of God fills you. And the three of you with the Spirit of God get together, of course Christ is going to be in the midst. Those stones of those churches and every other mosque and every other thing that man made is going to be leveled to the ground on the day of Christ when he comes. There will be no flesh that will be glorified. There will be nothing that man does that's going to be glorified. It will be the glory of the Son of God and nobody else to the glory of the Father. I can tell you one thing, those Jews that finally got out of Babylon and made it back to Israel, their own little Israel, Jerusalem, they were some happy campers, as we say in our neck of the woods. But you see, God ain't done with Israel. And he ain't done with the nations. And he isn't done with the Christian church. You don't have to tell him. He already knows what he needs to do. But today, I thank God that he is in charge. I thank God that there is this hope. Now, see, I like hope because, frankly, I get tired of the way this world is. But, see, I can go up in this world different places, and I can find little quiet places 
where I can just have a good day with my family. You know, God has given us a lot. But one day, it's going to be really good. One day, it's going to be perfect. And the Jews won't have to be worried about getting sent into captivity anymore, those who are redeemed. They went to all the trouble, John did, of putting the tribes in revelation of those who were redeemed. And one thing about all those tribes that are in there, it tells you that God didn't forget them. It's not just about Gentiles. It's about the Jews as well. And to Ishmael I say, come on over. Give Isaac a hug and come unto the Messiah. Because he alone is Lord. That's where the promise is. The promise is not found in Ishmael. It is found through Isaac. It's not Isaac's fault. That's just the way it was. Come on over to Yahshua. Many of your brothers have. Because Ishmael and Isaac will be joined one day. Just like the Christians and the Jews will be one. Because the Messiah, Yahshua, Jesus Christ, will unite us all. Father, thank you for your word and for the lessons on Babylon and the message of Isaiah. Lord, let this ring in the hearts of those who hear it. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Tower. Okay. Boy, that's exciting, huh? Yeah, it is. I love it. Yep. And just think. You know, the Bible does say, when you look at the picture, it says every man will be sitting under his tree. You know, it gives a picture of a guy that has a beautiful vineyard. And there was such a guy. And Ahaz and Jezebel plotted to kill him so they could get his vineyard. Yeah. But see, you can get, it'll be every man under his tree. That's a lot of trees. <laughs> Just sitting there. You know, I'm sure you're not going to sit there for all, all eternity. But you're going to be perfect. I mean, you know, I've never been perfect, although I thought I was. But if you're perfect, what are you going to do? What do you do all day? You're perfect. <laughs> well, I'm sure the Lord will have work for you to do, dude. I like this verse 40 and 5 of Isaiah. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Yeah. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Yep, that's the authority right there. And the Lord's word is true and faithful, and he doesn't go back on his word. Nope. It's exciting. Praise the Lord. Yep. We're going to have to get out of here. Okay. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We pray for you. We hope the best for you. Pray for your brethren around the world. Your brethren. They truly need it. And pray for us as we pray for you. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Listen to the shows, read the articles. Whenever you hear us on one of our other stations or places, be sure to give us a thumbs up and comment if you want to. Until next time, be safe, my friends. Look to the Lord. He is able. Good night, everybody. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.